the best place to start is, uh, you know, I was just maybe 20 minutes into the God of War podcast. We talked about emotional intelligence. We talked about the arc of growing from, you know, this immature kind of thing into this more mature and multidimensional thing. Carolyn Miss came up and I immediately said, you absolutely need to meet Ray because, uh, yeah, I'll take it. Go from there. <laughs> oh, no, I've just heard so many wonderful things about you. And just, you, yeah, you see, seem like an absolutely kindred spirit. So I just wanted to be a fly on the wall of, of your conversation today. And if um, cool things about like myths and, and spirituality come up, then I just want to hear what wisdom you have to share. So, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Well, you were an absolutely distracting, beautiful fly on the wall because of oh. your absolute radiant beauty. So oh, you were you was talking. You are stunning. Yeah. <laughs> right back at you. Goodness. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. So I understand why you, uh, the two of you gravitated toward one another in your lives because it's a soul connection on that level. Yeah. It's not, there's always a deeper meaning. There's always a deeper uh, draw to things. And I think that's probably why we're so akin to um, the story of Star Wars. I mean, it's, there's a, there's like the, the, he said, Carolyn Mist, Joseph Campbell, the power of myth, these archetypal stories and characters that resonate throughout all nations and all people, because it's the basic um, experience of, of humanity, right? Yeah. Our, our light side, our dark side, good versus evil, and that which resides in all of us, man, nature, the cosmos, God, yeah. it's everything. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, I'd, I'd love to know like about your love of Star Wars and where it came from. Like I always love hearing uh, what drew people to Star Wars and every story is as fascinating as the other. So would love to know yours. Oh, are you speaking of this original poster from 1976? <laughs> That's so beautifully and effortlessly placed yes, to my I left. I um, <laughs> this, this actually is, my mom owns this one. It's hard to say. I mean, I think my mom was just a really big sci-fi fantasy uh, lover of, of that world. Um, yeah. And uh, I remember, I mean, so I was born in 76, so I obviously wasn't there for episode four, but I do distinctly remember waiting in line for Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And it was an event yeah. and there were people in tents and we were, there were people camping out. And I remember we got there really early and all day and we had our books and our games and we were just waiting and yeah, it just became, they became like family members, uh, you know, within the framework of, of our world. And, um, you know, I, I was telling Albert in the last um, conversation, like, there's a lot of parallels to like, what happens biblically, and also what happens in Star Wars. So it just felt like, uh, it felt like um, within the same fabric of uh, storytelling, and also just like what our beliefs were. So it, uh, it didn't feel very far from what we were like learning, <laughs> strangely enough, on Sunday or in, you know, Bible study to, you know, Darth Vader and, and, uh, and uh, Luke and this of the Jedi and obviously the Empire and just sort of, uh, again, the good and the evil that resides within you and um, that we can access both. And then it really becomes a choice of which one we're choosing and where we are in our life sort of determines 
what road we go down and we get to follow the journey of Luke. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I had a picture of slave Leia on the wall, all of four <laughs> years old, five years. I mean, it was completely inappropriate, but there I am, like she was the goal. <laughs> I was just like slave Leia. And here she is here, obviously with her, her iconic buns. I don't know if you can see her there, but yeah. Nice. So, um, yeah, they just, they became like family members, part of our, part of our family narrative. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, Slave Leia, I want to say that one of her key scenes is in that she actually literally like gets the chains that she was chained up with, yeah. uses it to strangle the patriarchy. <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely what she does within an inch of its life. You yeah. know, she's like, oh, I get it. I'll play your game. You need yeah. the outfit. Totally chain me. No big deal. I will choke the living life out of you and uh and i will no longer be your victim i'll be the victor in this in this scenario so yeah yeah that's that's incredible and i and i think like obviously we have the childlike wonder of star wars when you know you watch it for the first time and over time we kind of become aware of how universal the lessons are and what we can take away from it as human beings and as like citizens and activists and so I'm really curious, like what are, what are some of the ideas or um, lessons from Star Wars that have like shaped who you are? Oh, goodness. Good question. I think the biggest one would probably be what I just mentioned, which is that, you know, at, at any given moment you have, you contend with the, the, the dark side or the light side. Yeah. And it really is a, a choice that you make um and I, I love the discipline and practice of the jedi and like that's kind of what we're moving into also like the mandalorian right like there's a creed one of the things that i like i'm really i mean enjoying so much about the mandalorian obvi but but one of the things that i love is that you know the the mandalorian is not a race it's a it's a creed right it's um it's something that you it's an agreement that you make um and there's a code and there's ethics and there's integrity in that. And we, we, we have some of that still residing today, but not as much as I think that would actually serve us for, for a better purpose. Um, mm -hmm. um, so I just love that, that, val that set of values that, that, that the Mandalorian have. Um, and the Jedi have those practices too, you know, um, I love the discipline. I love the exercise. I love being pushed to your limits. I love also, the moments where Luke, you know, has his frailties and he's faltering and he's he's weak and he doesn't know. I mean, it. All of us have experienced that in our life. So there's absolutely, even though they're in this galaxy far, far away, it's not so far. It's it's exactly what we're experiencing here on Earth. Yeah, and so that's what I love about it. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. And like, um, I think something I don't know if it uh, is coming up for you but one of the things that i find really interesting about star wars is that uh conversation about light and dark and and i'm curious as well as about the role that the shadow plays in our life right like you i think something that you said was really cool which is about uh seeing luke in the moments where he's frail and his shadow side also comes to him right so i'd i'd love to know a little bit more about that like in terms of uh, not veering towards extremes, right? Yeah. Not just serving or not just acknowledging uh, the light, but also kind of like integrating or making peace with the shadow aspects of like 
who we are. And we see that in man in, in Mando as yeah. well, you know, like the costs of, of being extreme. Yeah. And with this uh, thing mm. of, uh, and stuff. So yeah, you know. So tell me, tell me what you what you said there about the cost of being extreme, Albert. Well, basically, just to jump off of what Ray was saying is, uh, you know, the the aspects, the shadow aspects, and how like they can serve us because they can be these wonderful things that we can sit in and and learn the lessons of our unconscious self, you know. And one thing with Mando, uh, especially in season two, is we're seeing him. You know, I mean, you've seen up until the latest. Are you all fully caught up? I am. This these last two episodes. I know. Just, I know. They've completely blown my mind. I'm yeah. just like John Favreau. Like, yeah. why are you not? Like, can you? I wish. Like, if there was a duplicate, I I would marry him in a heartbeat. We oh, would just yeah. have the nerdiest existence ever. <laughs> he's so wonderful. He's brilliant. I'm so happy what he's doing with uh, with this franchise. Yeah. Well, well, I want to say with Lucas uh, in the '70s, he he basically Star was poured out of him as this thing where he stepped in where. It was a sense in the 70s, uh, that period of, you know, there was the Vietnam War and people would have been disillusioned. So then having this uh, thing that, you know, came to prominence, it really spoke to this desire to have this classical sense of, we know what, what you know, like good, good from bad, you know, mm. and uh, the mythological hero and people stepped into that. And I think similarly, Mandalorian, uh, actually almost because he doesn't have the force, like he is absolutely just, driven by his discipline and his mm. he's done some shadow work but as we've seen in this latest season when Bo-Katan says oh I see you're one of them which is he he has it kind of revealed to him and in simultaneously to the audience that he's actually part of what they perceive to be an extremist almost overzealous wing of the Mandalorians who never take their helmet off and that has real real world analogs in some religions you can't t take certain things off you know and yeah, yeah. he's having his universe open to that. So at, from a certain point of view, like the shadow keeps us uh, where, where our, our wounds are closest, because that's where we often <laughs> put our wounds in our own shadows. But mm -hmm. there's eventually like, I'm, I'm, I'm really, especially Pedro Pascal, like, you really need to unleash that. Like he, you know, your future co-star, by the way. May I, say. <laughs> I love um, him. Yeah. It's amazing how you can feel what he's feeling without even seeing his face. It's, I can't imagine. That's yeah it's and it's his energy intention it's the camera panning in it's the inflection of his voice mm -hmm. the way that he's softened obviously with the child like it's so sweet because they're both these little foundlings and obviously he has this affinity because i think he sees himself in in in, uh, in the found in the child are we saying his name yeah absolutely it's all we're up we're up to um everything with that like literally it was a couple of days ago uh boba fett we can talk about uh fennec shand uh you know played by ming na wen who did the voice of mulan yeah. like an amazing you know again future co-star for you but <laughs> to, to really put a point on what i was saying is uh and to back up what ray was saying is um so that notion of the shadow and that that dual side of how it's this thing where we run away from it and yet we need to almost run towards it to get uh, the deepest lessons and to uh, to grow in the deepest way like you know the deepest seed growing up you know from the deepest soil kind of thing you know yeah yeah, yeah you speak you speak truth absolutely it's so easy to want to run away from it it's so uncomfortable it's so scary it's it's our deepest cut our deepest wound and uh you know i think i think there's this like uh, fear of annihilation right whether it's like emotional annihilation or like spiritual social annihilation or just like death 
And we, we instinctively want to run the opposite direction. But when it comes to these deep wounds that we've like tucked inside the shadow, that we have shame around, that we imagine other people judging, you know, the further we try to get away from it, what you resist persists. We talked about that in the last, I think, podcast. And like, so this, the more we go away from it, it's going to keep showing up and it's going to come out the side of your face. You got to just kind of go through it. And I, and I mean, we see Luke, we see Ray go through that incredibly, obviously like her whole denial of Palpatine and like her relationship with Kylo Ren and they're so drawn to each other. And I think that she has part of that Jedi in her, that's part of him. And he has part of that dark side that's a part of her and so they're kind of this beautiful you know twin flame energy where they were undeniably drawn to each other because they needed each other to be able to evolve um which for me personally these last three that's what i that's why i kept coming back yeah i just really was obsessed with their dynamic and their relationship yeah yeah that's that's very true and and well, I, I know we can uh, sort of delve deeper into some of the spiritual aspects of, of the characters in the law, but you're, you're an actress and a performer. And I saw you sort of light up when you talked about like John Favreau and Pedro Pascal's performance. So tell us more about like as a, as a performer and as an actress, what are some of the things that you're really loving about the way that the Mandalorian is being portrayed? Well, yeah, no, I, I, and we were, my mom and I were just talking about this because, you know, when we watch Star Wars, it's not like, it's, it's not just like, oh yeah, like we're Netflixing the show. We're like, it's an event. Like it's, mm. it's a conversation. We were just having some pasta and wine. My <laughs> uncle and my, ne- and my cousin came over and we were eating and of course pasta as i told you pasta bible and star wars duh <laughs> and so we were talking obviously about the That's religious so sorry to interrupt thing. but it is your um uh, your uh, biography it has to be pasta bible star wars the story of daniel basuti i just had to it say. really does yeah that will be on my uh, my my headstone one day <laughs> like she came and yeah, she fulfilled mama. these things <laughs> she fulfilled them indeed <laughs> Yeah. So we were just talking about like how much we love. I mean, so you enter this sort of lawless time, right? Because you're, as I have just discovered, by the way, five years after Return of the Jedi, which by the way, I was confused. I just, if it's okay for me to like, if we can kind of just go step by step now, I was confused because they were talking about the Jedi and the empire as like, things of the past Mm. like oh there was oh the stories of the jedi or the stories of the empire and so i'm thinking this is like a hundred years later 50 Uh 50 100 maybe 500 years later but come to find out it's only five years after return of the jedi that's right did 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 that strike either one of you or am i was i reading into those comments a little much no no it's it's an easy mistake to make and favreau he said the reason why he found that period so interesting he said uh, well, he says, well, in our own history, after Hitler was toppled, it's not like things magically, like party party, like everything went back to normal. Uh, there yeah. was, you know, the world was permanently changed. And he said that he found that story of what does that world look like where, you know, things have to rebuild, you know, that's so fascinating. That was so fascinating for him. And it was also a perfect uh, kind of span of time to to tell new stories, but with some of the familiar motifs, which you see, you know, stormtroopers and yeah. those, um essentially the the nazi contingents you know the ones who fled mm. to Ar- argentina and stuff that's what 
um, uh, Giancarlo <laughs> represents, who is just yeah. a powerhouse. Yeah. So that's, but it was, it was initially, um, people had to pause and be like, okay, where is this situated? And I also believe that is, yes, before Rogue One. So we have a huge span of time mm -hmm. between now and uh, leading up to that, where they can just, you know, cover as, cover as many angles as possible. You know, we've got Ahsoka now. And can I ask you to give me your nomenclature? Um, uh, she has, Ray knows what Ahsoka phonetically and also meaning-wise? Oh, oh. Yeah, Ahsoka was a, a god. Um, it, it, in Sanskrit, it literally means the great. And so he oh. was like a god who uh, made Buddhism like the main religion uh, in his time. So he was like a great warrior. Um, and so, yeah, when, when, he, when I saw the name, I was like, oh, yeah, Ahsoka. you know, she's, she's like this sort of, you know, warrior of, of spirit. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. amazing. That episode blew my mind. I mean, it was. <laughs> Rosario, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, with Rosario, yeah, that was a, such a benchmark moment and, and such powerful women. And just, yeah, you got like the efficiency of both of them in their craft. Uh, a, a, a Ashoka is how, or Ahsoka. Ahsoka, yeah. just Ahsoka. Ahsoka. I, I wasn't sure if there was an yeah H sound. Yeah, Ahsoka. And then I'll that's incredible. The the one with Jin. So his name is Din Jarin, and uh, and I wanted to. Yeah, and and the root once again, um, like the word Din, it actually means like the practice of one's faith, mm. and and Jarin is means to be made gold. So it's mm. like the the stripping of. Uh, armor yeah right to to be what is pure and what is at the core of who he is and i was just like just the attention to detail yeah. even with the names is amazing because his name gives that hint because his thing is you know his armor he values it more than gold it's it's more it's more durable than gold is that beskar armor and yet beskar, yeah. his, his journey is also to shed that armor because he's he's built walls around himself and that yeah. that kid is that is that key. So I suppose um, th there is a message of being able to reawaken to innocence with Grogu. Uh, and I think Star Wars has, has helped us through these dark times with being able to reawaken to that. Oh, another episode of the Mando. It's like a Saturday morning serial, which is what inspired Lucas to do Star Wars in the first place in the sixties. It was Buck Rogers. So we've That's come all full, Buck Rogers. full circle. We've come back to the Saturday morning serials, you know? <laughs> Are you talking about this little <laughs> Are you saying that you wake up on Saturday morning just for him? Oh, hello. See what I mean? Hello. Just, just, just extraordinary. The uniter of, of the divided world. Like Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, Albert, I was like, I know the only person that won't think I'm crazy is Albert. He could bring world peace. I'm not joking. <laughs> this little guy, Grogu, the yeah. child, also known as Baby Yoda, for those people that didn't know who he really was, he makes everyone feel so much love and so much happiness. I can't get enough of him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we needed it. He was a symptom, you know, often with Star Wars, there was this idea of something and even just people rising in history, you know, like if you, I don't want to get political, but like at certain points in history, like someone rises to kind of bring peace again, you know, yeah. uh, and it's symptomatic. So I think we all needed that catharsis, you know, yeah. uh, I was, I was on Macy's doing some shopping, speaking to a gal in the Philippines, right? And I could hear the roosters in the background and I'm thinking this, this gal, like I'm wondering what her life is like in this rural area. So I'm ordering these little guys for my nephews and she goes, he's so cute. Oh my gosh, look at him. And we're like literally for five minutes talking about the sweetness of like 
the child. And I was like, this is it. This is what the world needs right now. A little hug. (laughs) And also to know that like, there's this little guy that needs our love and attention. And he represents our children. He represents like like, our world. He represents the innocence and, and just like, he deserves better from us. You know, I mean, he can only do so much and then he gets sleepy and then he falls asleep and we just need, we need to keep him protected. Yes. And wherever I go, he goes. And I love that. I love that creed and that thing. But I loved what you said with, you know, with the, is it, now give me the name of the armor again. It's called Baskar. Beskar is the name of the Beskar. Armor. Yeah, exactly. Mm, exactly. The Beskar armor, which is the Mandalorian, right? You can't, the bullet can't go through it. And I think is, can, the lightsaber can't I go through it either, can, can it? it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can block lightsabers, which is, again, symbolic of, uh, you know, um, yeah, there's a, a, a little nerdy, but also very important thing is, for a long time, uh, it was this notion of the lightsaber. It can cut through anything. And uh, it, it actually worked to their downfall, as you see in the history, where they became very rigid-minded. And it is actually what led to the fall of the Jedi Order. They became too, They became like enforcers. They lost their connection to like that core spirituality. of, um, And they were on this big city planet, so they didn't have nature around them. So they became very militant-minded diminished their connection to the force which allowed the darkness to to take over they became political pawns and that's why yoda the symbolism of the little green and he, and he is very childlike yeah. you know yeah, he uh, is. what yeah. what do with food of this kind like he's all and that was childlike i am exactly <laughs> yeah. and, and he was almost and in fact you know dagobah is is like as earth and as rejection that rejection of civilization as can be it's the polar opposite of the the uh, it's the whole world is a is like a just a, a, a bog essentially like a the swamp planet versus which is just teeming with life the the, the, the mm-hmm. complete opposite and him doing that was almost like everything resetting and just coming back to and what is it always right nature mm-hmm. nature the yeah. first and only teacher we've ever needed Rumi every go who, who else oh yeah so many you know <laughs> like yeah I like, oh yeah and Albert yeah. yeah Henry yeah, David Thoreau. Yes. Henry David Thoreau was like, I'm building a pond at Walden Pond. I'm getting the hell out of here. I mean, I just went on a hike today, a little hike, and I was like, I need to get in nature. It's just like that's what it is. It's like nature and man, creation, God, good, evil. I mean, it's it's got all of it. But I really do believe that this little guy, like there's something about it's not he's in the he hit the zeitgeist. It's not just like his incredible design, because look at that face, right? The oversized sweatshirt, his little cooing. But there's just something, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like certain things hit us right in the perfect moment. And this guy did it. It's like, our hearts are wide open. We want to protect him. We want to love on this guy. And I love what he's doing to Mando. I love how you said, like, he's got, like, the armor has given him his meaning. And yet it's the thing that's kind of holding him back. And he sees him, the foundling and the foundling. And and I love that one moment where he's slightly lifted to take a sip of the tea. Did you notice? And and, and little Grogu goes, oh, and he's lifting. Like, oh, you're so, you know, um, he wants to see Daddy's face, and he's just wondering what's under there. So there's all these little tiny like layers that are happening, these little breadcrumbs that are happening throughout the story. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I, I brought this little guy in. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sweet. I I I totally agree with you. I think like he's quite healing, like not only in the way that he looks, but like his voice, the register of his voice, like he is an invitation for us to actually like connect with our own inner children and be kind of mm-hmm. to 
to to like the people around us like it's definitely like a call to unconditional love and empathy which we we desperately we We desperately need yeah we got to stop seeing each other as separate and you know i was thinking about exactly what you said everywhere he takes the child people know immediately this is a child this is no place for a child look after the child i'll watch the child it's really very specific what's happening with this little guy so he's become this universal symbol of that which we need to take care of and i love how you just uh gave the analogy of also the inner child within ourselves like it's been such a rough year for so i mean let's count how many reasons so many um that's just something this sweet and innocent that we can all sort of rally around um, I think it's just brought so much joy. I, I, I can't, I honestly, I see, well, obviously I can't. Um, uh, but I this might be a good moment to yeah, you take you Please. here. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> How many layers? I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I did, I had a few things planned. I know it didn't seem like that way in the beginning of the podcast. But <laughs> that's incredible. Okay, wow, that's so, so let's continue. I'm just going to hold Grogu, is that okay? Oh, dude. Okay, guys. <laughs> Double Grogu. Can you imagine seeing, if seeing... there were twins? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Grogu squared. We don't know if there's another Grogu. We don't. We haven't been. We haven't gone back to where his planet is yet. Danielle, which Jedi is coming to him? He called out to a Jedi. He is did. It, is it Mace Windu? Because everyone who falls out of a window in Star Wars actually survives, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Palpatine survived. Darth Maul survived. But it also could be Sebastian Stan as Luke. You know coming to yeah, i know i know okay a friend a friend and i were sort of like waxing on that we were like could it be luke like who is he calling at this moment because we're five years past return of the jedi correct yes now, did, did anyone okay so just really quickly the show started it was very western it was the lawless land we've got the jedi they were sort of this thing and i sort of love how um uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the name of the character that was it, Kara, the, the WWF wrestler. I'm forgetting her name. Right. Yes. Yeah, her, she's got the little rebellion tattoo under the eye, right? So you know that, like, and then, like she's got the, the, tr- the things on her arm, and it's like, oh, you got to cover that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what he was what like, uh, what, what's the little um, character? I love him so much by Nick Nolte. I have spoken. That guy? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, Kirill. I, I love him. I love so him. great. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I just love, like, you're right, like, that you talked about what is the aftermath when the Roman Empire fell? What is the aftermath when when the Empire falls and, uh, and you know, the Jedi win? Well, it's, you're right, like, the next day, everything isn't just back to normal. These are people trying to, like, pick their lives back up and figure out what the new normal is. I wonder if it'll sort of be what we're experiencing in 2021 or when oh, the yeah. vaccine comes out. Like, yes. how are we all integrating back into what we call life because it'll never be normal there's what what is normal does anyone even know what normal means i don't know and you know and and what we were living before was that normal you know like it's (laughs) it's it's kind of really brought so many of those conversations into yeah like our focus so it's yeah definitely i think that's that's something really worth discussing. If you think about it, we've always historically been living in the aftermath of some tragedy or other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haven't we? You know, but we've always recovered and, and you know, there's that sequence in Last Jedi where it's that idea of death, decay that that seeds new life. Like you actually can't plant a tree unless you have decaying, rotten um, soil. Like that's like the most fertile soil is the one that's been out in the sun, you know, and, and and like the animals that die in it and become part of the soil like they actually seed it so we we need it um yeah and, do, it, and do yeah, the destruction 
Do you think so? And I'd love to hear your take on this. Do you feel like a lot and a lot of Star Wars or the Mando is like a call to being like greater leaders and greater elders and parents, right? Like it's it's a call to to actually you know taking up those positions of of leadership in a way that helps others. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I I mean one of the things I think that I just shared at the beginning of this what struck me greatly was just this um, this creed that you this agreement you know and this practice and you saw that like in the temple you know it it had a very samurai feel right because when they finally get there you know and then the two women are like fighting it it, it just all of it felt every there was so it was so detailed everything about they everyone was very definitive as to wh- who they served why they served it you know and what's just so interesting was like this battle that you know is not going to be because someone's going to bend the knee or decide to go in the other way which is kind of what we're facing now a little bit i mean you have politically you have a lot of people on the left side and a lot of people on the right side you don't have we don't have at this moment anything that's a unifying uh figure i think that's why the the child is so important i really do i mean i'm serious when i say this if Jung was yeah. around, if Jung was around now, he would be obviously, you know, speaking in German, but he'd be very like the child. This is why we have now we put our differences aside, you know, like because we all that's the, literally one of the things we all share is that we were all once children. It's yeah. it's in like it's an inconquerable truth, you yeah. know, and childhood that is the common ground in fact when you're meeting someone for the first time or or wanting to get to the the core of a wound or something i don't know with some of the things ray discusses and stuff it's like you always go back first because that's where we all started you know so and it's like one of the timeless archetypes so like it's something that we deeply feel in ourselves like it's where our vulnerabilities are it's uh, where our yearnings are, you know, where we had our like models of like relationships and it all goes back to, to, to the point when we were children. So yeah, I, I definitely feel like there's like a political streak in Star Wars and the Mandalorian as well. Like yeah. if, if politicians watched this, <laughs> dare I say. <laughs> oh. I wonder, I wonder what they are watching and if they are watching this. Yeah, you're right. I, I, all of my writing and everything I do, every character I ever play, I always, I, I've always explored their backstory and their childhood. Mm-hmm. That's every, it, it's a for, that's the reason that we call them the formative years. And it's not just esoteric, it's scientific. It's where our brains are forming. It's our sense of security, our sense of, you know, uh, uh, survival, uh, love, attachment, all these things that are vital to existence and survival are in, in those years. And then, you know, you have your preteens where your body's going through these changes and you're starting to wonder who you're going to be in the world. And then you've got your teenage years where you're starting to relate with others and starting to pull away from the nest. And I mean, it's, it's, it's such a tender, tender, tender time. Um, and, really can color the rest of our life and world. Now, some of those things can be positive things we've learned. And a lot of times, you know, dysfunctional things, uh, environments that we all all experienced. And so the same things we did to thrive or survive in a toxic environment are the same defense mechanisms we can bring into the world and to other relationships with, which can have twofold 
sometimes they can make us propel us to be successful and against all odds, you know, and you've got this person that's successful and thriving, but they're in pain, they're, they're in pain, you know, because inside of there is this, this like child wound that's never been, you know, and other parts of their life are falling apart and, or, you know, they have the drug abuse or the, whatever it is. And so, um, just because someone might have what you, we would call external success doesn't mean that there's that inner peace on the inside. That's actually a very simple thing. It has nothing to do with gain or get. It's a, it's a beingness. It's this little guy on the rock doing his meditation. You know what I mean? He's just, yeah. he's just being. Yeah. No, I, I think this is really true. And I think like over over the last couple of decades, we've had a pretty warped relationship on the concept of what will make us happy. Like so much of the cultural conversation around happiness has to do with uh, getting things or doing things. And, um, and, and happiness being quite short lived once you've done the thing or once you have the thing. And so yeah. like a lot of life is just lived in the, in the middle and, and we're, we're unable to find joy in those in-between moments, you know, between the doing. Yeah, and, a lot of people yeah. do not want you to find out that joy, <laughs> that joy comes from beingness instead of doing this. No, because well, you, you can't make money. You can't monetize <laughs> that. Can you? you cannot make money out of beingness. It has to be conditional. Oh. Yeah, no, that's, you know. that's that would be a world of, of self-contained and, 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 and emotionally regulated human beings who actually had own, their own sense of self-leadership mm -hmm. and were, were really love leaders because they, they understood how to love and take care of themselves first. And there's not a lot of people, uh, well, there are some, but that's not what you're going to see on the news. That's not what's being sold in, in the mass media. Um, that's an inward journey, I think, of of the Jedi, isn't it? <laughs> of of those of us who consider ourselves akin to what the Jedi is. I mean, we're we're not calling ourselves Luke or Leia anytime. Well, maybe I call myself Leia, but yeah. I, but yeah. I am saying <laughs> it. You're, I think there's a soul that's drawn to it or not, and that's okay. Um, it, I think that just kind of is what it is. So I think this is why people like us are drawn to this type of narrative and this storytelling because it. It is very much like life. Well, yeah. I want to say also with, uh, you know, Tolkien, he said something along the lines of, if we valued food and good cheer more than piles of gold, we'd be, we'd be, would all be happier. And it also ties in, there's one line in the Jedi Code, which is, you know, there is no attachment. It says all these things. But then the last line is, there is no death, there is the force, which is Buddhism, you know, uh, that idea. Uh, we, there is, um, you know, uh, there's no such thing as... Um, uh, things uh just making sure that laptop doesn't die um <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's okay uh, but speaking of death <laughs> the laptop um but yeah there's there's no such thing as uh anything being permanently permanently destroyed it just changes shape which is yeah. you know one of anakin's tr the tragedy is that he clung too much to padme and he had this self-fulfilling abuser archetype prophecy where he wanted to prevent padme from dying so much that he killed her you know yeah. and that's uh the thing so that you hold on to too yeah. tightly, yeah. And then you crush it. That thing of like you actually crush the thing that you're holding on to and, mm -hmm. and that ex excess of attachment to the physical where that's why there's this beautiful symbolic reward for being so adherent to that attachment-lessness, which is that after you pass away, if you have practiced that, you live on. That's why there is no death, there is the force. So you're going to be a first ghost, you're <laughs> going to be a force ghost because you have no attachment. Like we had the fires here in Australia, 
in February, we were like, literally, if it all goes away, like I'll just grab Ray and that's, we're fine, you know? So. Yeah. And it's, it's important to, to get to that point. But I, but I also want to say, take this moment. I think it speaks volumes about you as a person because we do bring ourselves to life and our circumstances, don't we? Like you're a performer, you're an actress. That industry is rife with a lot of narratives about what will make you happy and where your self-worth is. And, you know, like you, you know, and you've lived that firsthand. So I, I also really want to like honor that the fact it, it speaks a lot about your courage and your strength as a, as a person and a woman to, to then come out of that, uh, living the Jedi's path. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, doing, doing my best and uh, definitely having, having so um, the, the adversity and along the journey and uh, yeah, coming to task every now and then and reassessing like, what are my values? You know, what, wh why am I here? I mean, there, there really is a code probably in any industry, but I would say definitely in the entertainment industry. I mean, there's no, there's no straight path to, yeah. to, you know, uh, it, even how I, I got the, the role of Freya wasn't necessarily a straight path. I mean, and I had no idea what I was walking into. So, you know, there, I, I really do think there's this beautiful relationship between creator and, and, and humankind, right? Because we, we do have free will and we do have choice, but I mean, personally for me, you know, because of my Christian background, like I, I don't believe that I am the, like the God of this universe. I believe that I am of God of this universe. And so it's very much been this, this uh, one wing of effort and then, you know, one wing of grace because there is the letting go that you talked about. There's the surrender aspect to it all the, 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 I know what I want. I have an intention. Yeah. I have a clear path and now I'm letting it go because that's the, I think that's the graceful part that, that really is of the Jedi. Like, remember Luke is like trying to figure he's got the goggles on and he's got the goggles and he's like, take off the goggles, use the force, right? We'll never forget that moment. And he's like, no, I've got to keep the goggles on. And he's like, take them off. You have to trust at some point you have to let go. Yeah. Um, and that's that beautiful dance between effort and what I like to call God, you can call it the force, you can call it spirit. It is that energy that governs. Yeah, this um, this reminds me of, have you, have you read Anatomy of the Spirit if you're a Carolyn Miss? Carolyn Miss, yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and you know, like uh, she says so much like let go and let God and surrender personal will to divine will. So there are like different iterations of, of what, you're, what you're saying. And yeah, it can, it can really be, um, it can really change the quality of your life once you are able to let go and let God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it feels like misery when we just hang on, like you said, you know, you're holding on so tight that you're, you're literally crushing and killing the thing, you know? Um, so I feel like it's all this little delicate balance and this little dance between uh, desire and, um, and, uh, and surrender, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And a nice balance. Brenda, it's alignment. <laughs> you know? and, and alignment. Yeah. 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 We are we are a bit out of alignment. Um, yes. <laughs> in some areas, frighteningly so. But and at the same time, a great awakening has has occurred in this environment. And sometimes, you know, the dark side came out and it, it really unearthed a lot of, it shone a light on a lot of um, old belief systems and like the old way, you know, it's just like, 
Uh, I feel like that's kind of like what's happening in Mandalorian. Like we started off in this like desolate Western town where it was lawless and, you know, some people have the markings of this past and that past and, oh, that's an old story and it doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. But it's funny how out of the woodwork now oh, yeah. you have, you have these, the empire influence that's still there. Nothing really healed. No. It's interesting. 40%. <laughs> I just want a second, you know, like that, that was a bit, you know, cause you, it's, you take that temperature, uh, just lightly treading into politics. You take that temperature and just to see just how many, you know, it's like turning the light on and the attic is full of bats. <laughs> and it's like, wait, I thought I'd cleared them all out, but there's a whole colony there. Uh, you know, we can still live in the house above and that's fine, but that needs to be addressed. And I think the double-edged side is that when that darkness comes out, it, it takes it takes some people with it, you know, uh, especially like it, everything with COVID, like it was so exacerbated by uh, the, the, the insistence on staying ignorant and then you know, being anti-intellectual, anti-science and all these things, you know. Um, but there was a levy did break. And and all led by Baby Yoda, obviously. All led all led by Grogu. <laughs> but also isn't that biblical, that whole idea of the child like leading the way forward? Yeah. You know, it's very it's baby it's Jesus. The, it's the birth of Jesus, the savior, yeah. the the unif the unifier. Yeah. The the direct connection between us and, and creator and, and joy and peace and mm -hmm. and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh. it's it's a trope. It's a he's an archetype, and he just makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you just uh, sort of metaphorically said that uh, staying in a space of non-fixedness, which is what we admire children for, is like, wow, you haven't had your mind closed off, and you haven't become mm. jaded. You've you've kept your spirit in a place of joy and. We, we have that reverence towards keeping that uh, that space of malleability. That's what kids, you know, they bounce back and their brains yeah. are still kind of like in this space of like, I could believe that, but I could also believe that. And mm. and we need to really carry that in a child because we can suffocate them uh, to our detriment yeah. as we grow older, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. another dance, being a parent, right? <laughs> Mm -hmm. The delicate dance between rearing the child, giving them the boundary, but also allowing them to thrive and express and the respect for them to, to voice them, their, their, themselves and find who they are. Um, and yet knowing that even though they may be pure instinct and an intellect that doesn't come from the wisdom of years or experience, like you don't want to squander that either. You want to create a safe space for the child to, to explore and grow and, uh, and to Grogu, yeah, but yeah, but anyway, no, I, I think that's right. It's it all doesn't it all just sort of feel like a delicate balance? I mean, I, I I'm a Libra, that's my sign, and and uh, I always, for me, I always am trying to figure out how to be a bridge in my life. Yeah, to not to not alienate, to not separate, to not shame or judge, but to really reach across and say, let me hear you. You know, what is your experience? Yeah. So that, so the only way for us to really come together is to really understand. And it's difficult when you feel you're so different than the way this person thinks and feels. But I mean, if anything that I think the Star Wars, you know, universe shows us is that like, it really is elemental and fundamental, like what these needs are. I mean, we all have a dark and a light and that shows up in the world. We are literally writing the saga of humankind is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the long, long tail. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
sometimes we got these great moments of victory and unity and other moments it's just a complete fucking tragedy and uh, <laughs> and here we are yeah you know? yeah i also i just wanted to say a couple of things rumi is a libra so that is ah, yeah like the great mystery that we love right he's a libra and he just gets it and i i don't know if it was him or if whether it was in the prophet but um there was this saying that said like your children are not your children they are life's yearning to express itself right and i just and, I, and you know because sometimes it's like so often we think of like i i don't i don't have like we don't have children but like my brother for example he's eight years younger than me and you know just this idea of like he is mine i will shape him into the things that i want him to be um and just hearing that was just like yeah they're they're not actually yours they're 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 life's yearning to to be life the little universes yeah everyone is a, <laughs> everyone even the worst of most closed-minded maga whatever like i just want to say that they're all anthropomorphic universes People. that they have they have a direct lineage to cosmos to origin and that is that is dwelling sometimes often untapped inside all of us mm. and it's nothing to do with oh take some drugs or whatever it is literally just to realize that you just have that inherent ingrown uh connection to like existence and you just have so much more uh going on for you than than often what culture tells us that we have what politics tells us that all these constraints often, you know, parents can sometimes constrict us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I want to ask you this. I think what you said was really cool before about creating a bridge. Like I know Libras are the, the peacekeepers of the Zodiac, you guys. <laughs> Albert. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, if, is there anything that you've done during this time to like reach out to people who are, who are different or who you may see are not in a place that you are? They're not seeing what you're seeing or, um, you know, maybe they haven't watched Star Wars or maybe they haven't read some of the things that you have. How do you connect with people who you know are, are different? Because I think that's something that everyone can reflect on a little bit more. Hmm. That's a very thoughtful question. And I think one that's an, an really important to be asking right now. Well, one is that I care to, I care to create unity and peace. Um, not that other people don't. I'm saying that this is something that I feel very deeply on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I also care to be heard. And so I give the same consideration to others. Now, look, anyone who's spouting off slurs, whether they be racial hatred, intolerance, Clearly, these are individuals that are harboring a lot of pain. Now, you can, there's a scale, right? You can border on people that have mental illness. And, and, and you, you, could, you could be in a conversation with someone where you realize at a certain point, there's really, I'm not going to necessarily get through to maybe change a perspective. Mm -hmm. And then you can decide as an individual, am I going to stay in this conversation and give space? But that's an extreme thing. So, for example, um, if we're, if we're kind of skewing in, in the realm of, of the political climate, I have people near and dear to me that voted both sides. Mm -hmm. And I have people near and dear to me that are registered on both sides. I, I happen to be a registered independent. I think I shared with, uh, with, um, Albert last time. And I, maybe it's, it's sort of within the alignment of being a Libra because yeah. 
ultimately people have their values mm -hmm. and they have their belief system and they have what they feel is going to make the world a better place. I think if we can allow people the space to share that in a non-toxic, non-judgmental environment where there's no shaming and finger pointing because there's so much this going on, it makes... Is that ever going to get through to anybody? Are we ever going to get through to anybody when we put them in a box? Well, all people that vote this way are this. All people that do this or that. These people believe in science. They don't. This, that, the other. We get involved in these things where we start categorizing people. And all it does is push people further into their stance, more into the, that, that side that they're, that they're just wanting to defend. And it's like, you know, to your guys' point, we're not all that different. We all, all of our basal needs are the same. Are where let's do this. Yeah. Let's have a space where we can just talk about it, get it out all out on paper. And what if we can start finding what the commonalities are? Oh gosh, here's how we really aren't very different. Mm -hmm. Is there a way for us to come together on what our commonalities are? And then maybe create an environment where it's like, yeah, we're not going to agree on everything. That's like a utopian environment. I, I wish we could, but we're really not. So where can we allow space for things to be different? And exactly what is that? If, is it really harming another person? If it's really harming another person, then maybe we have some codes and ethics we agree on. But I feel that we're so skewed right now, we're so polarized right now, that I think that ultimately, and not to get too conspiracy theorists, but when we're this divided, that's when we fall. Yeah. When we're this divided, that's when actually there could be some forces or energy in the background. They're like, ha, huh, right where we want them to be. Now we're going to do all these things behind the surface and we're going to keep these people hating one another, but we're not as separate as I think maybe they're making it seem to be. Yeah. And maybe a lot of people be very upset with me for saying that, but I really do believe that in my heart. So yeah. I want us to listen to each other a little more. Yeah. No, that's, that's very, very true. And it's, and I, and I think what I took away from what you said is like a lot of these conversations descend into like shame and judgment really, really quickly. And if you uh, can see the humanity, the child of the person that you're disagreeing with, right? <laughs> the, the Grogu in them, mm -hmm. uh, what could you be capable of? How would you treat them if you still saw them as like a human being instead of like the person who's cheering for the other football team. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's right. That's right. Yeah. One the of the other things I want yeah. to say, uh, one of the other things my mum taught me is you, you don't point at people. It's rude to point. And do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Those things is yeah. like, and so it's at most you gesture with a few hands and the hand itself is just this, you know, uh, I mean, people have looked up to the hand. It's like the five elements. It's this thing that's wide enough to accept all views. It's also an omnidirectional symbol. That's why that is synonymous with surrender. And like, I've got, there's no weapons in my hand. But when you accuse, you li literally like your whole body becomes this kind of uh, this tunnel, this, uh, you know, horse blinders where you actually don't al allow anything else to uh, any other opinions to exist. So just openness is is something that, yeah, like we just... I mean, we are it. Like we grew, we grew from the void. <laughs> like we came from there, and that's yeah. why you were saying uh, intellect doesn't often. I mean, doesn't. It's actually not really conditional. And like having lived a bunch of years, it is. Mm. That's a fallacy. I think the idea that that's the boomer mentality of like I know better because I blah blah blah. It's like well, you know, kids actually they've 
they're chronologically closer to God. They, they, were, they were hanging out with him a couple of weeks ago, you know, or a <laughs> years ago. They were up there in the cosmos. So and yeah. that's why I just want to, and this isn't smoke blowing to either of you. What I love about the Kamala victory, what I love about what we're seeing is this ascendancy of the feminine. The feminine shape yes. is the circle. It, we talked about this with God of War. We've had so many years of, of, of having a spear in place of where a circle should be. And it's not me white knighting. It's not me trying to like brownie point. It literally is just you are evolutionarily suited and uh, excel excellent at leadership just because you have that that 360 spherical manner of reasoning and manner of caring uh, and the womb also circle shaped. So it's like and the planet also circle shaped. So yeah. it's it really is uh, this that we can begin that deference to the feminine where we will really start advancing, you know. Yeah. yeah, I loved I loved your idea about the hand and like you know you have this hand right yeah. blunted right you have this hand yep you have this hand yeah you have this hand or you have this yeah it's just literally like hey look at all the options and that's a conversational <laughs> option that I can disagree right. I can marginally agree I and so that's why it's I do not agree I see only one yeah exactly so. But, uh, and if we if we're reaching out to each other across the aisle, reaching it out to say, "Hey, look, we actually will self-instruct if we're not. We, we're in this beautiful, complicated, horrible relationship with each other, aren't we? Yeah. And we're also in this 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 relationship with the earth in which we live. And you're right, this this coming to balance. It's the masculine and feminine parts, right, that create life on the the masculine sun, the feminine moon that we absolutely 100% reflect as 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 human beings. Um, we have gravity because of that balance. And so if we are out of balance right now, we just need to bring it back. And so absolutely, Albert, it's really encouraging, you know, to have more feminine uh, uh, leadership, uh, the, the, the female component. Um, I feel like the world needs a big hug. Humanity needs a mom. <laughs> That's right. That's what we want to do. We just want to hold, we just want to hold the child. And, and, and I mean, and what's so interesting is you have this very like sort of, you know, masculine like you know mandalorian but isn't it so sweet when he softens and he starts yeah. to embrace that that very tender feminine aspect of him that's just just a little bit peeking out yeah that's so beautiful and just the yin yang because you know even in grogu he is so powerful Ooh, yeah, oh. the, the strength is is just extraordinary right it's transcendent and yet what defines him is his love and you know and and we're seeing that we've seen that integration of like love and compassion go into uh uh like pedro pascal's character and it's just and you see like that's when the masculine actually becomes really conscious when they integrate uh love right and that's when the warrior is at his best is when he serves that cause so that i i just think yeah it's, it's beautiful that, that he does that yeah integration is a great word you know, and that, and to what you said, Albert, like, you know, what, what Kamala represents and just this, this turn in history where, no, we're not uh, all these feminists saying it has to be a woman's world now. Like, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we just, I think just equal representation in, in the part, in this great partnership we have, you know, and you could even not even say man or female, you could just say masculine and feminine, right? right. Because data, that, data, data. yeah. yeah. Right, because we have all these terms with, you know, not wanting to be gender conformant and there's all these different like ideas about how people want to claim their time here on the planet. Mm -hmm. And we do know that 
there are these polar opposites and it's the masculine and feminine and that could look any which way but the fact is is that both of them give way to the other to create this beautiful balance and this harmony what i like to call gravity and we're so you know it's just like well inhale exhale like that that you need both and if you're not doing either you choke and you die <laughs> you know? and, and yeah. there has to be a balance of both which is someone breathing steadily you know that's reflected in that and also with um yeah go ahead yeah no i just wanted to say because because you know if you, if you are interested in like spirituality and this work i found it really curious i was telling him the other day it's like about a year ago you know how the amazon fires started burning and we we describe it as the lungs of the planet right and what was what was really curious is that you know like then we had coronavirus which is a respiratory disease the main part oh, wow. that it strikes us is is our lungs that's what separates it from a flu and also like the civil rights pro protests the main thing was that he could not breathe i can't breathe i didn't i did pull those together yeah keep going yeah and, yeah. and you know even like after um the political result uh like a lot of lot of people who are uh, happy with the outcome that's that's happened at the moment say oh you know what it felt like after four, after all these years i could exhale exhale breathe release and exhale and breathe and it was just extraordinary to me to be like oh my god look all is one like because when the earth hurts we hurt uh, if you burn down the forest some part of you is going to feel that in 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 yourself and like yeah. it's it's just a total illusion that we think that we're somehow separate from what's going on in in nature and that it's not going to be mirrored somehow in what we experience so it was just crazy to me to be like oh my god it's all about the breath it's all about the breath it keeps happening <laughs> you know and it's teaching us trying to teach us something our greatest source of pain often is when we uh labor under the illusion that we're separate from nature you know yeah it's uh and when we reject its lessons we reject those basics and one thing i often tell today is like uh I, I might come into a conversation with a certain energy and i think to myself am i projecting out of somewhere and there's you know the maslow's hierarchy of needs it's like are my baby needs okay okay all of this existential, <laughs> this existential tangent which i feel so energized to go down oh wait i'm tired oh wait i'm hungry oh wait i'm yeah. you know, like and and uh, because again that just goes back to you know rain soil earth mm. sun like the basics you know and the basic needs you know, and again, there's a lot of industries which don't want you to realize that literally going for a walk in nature, you can sort yourself out, you know, yeah. you need, you need help. And that's what, you know, Ray with uh, some of the stuff that you've like done. And I'm so, I mean, I, I get to, you know, I get to benefit a lot from, cause what Ray does is as a life mentor is we have these conversations. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think long time ago, actually, and this was when we were emailing each other, you said um, to me, everyone on this planet could benefit from a little bit of psychotherapy, just a little bit of, um, yeah, these dialogues. Yeah. Like these conversations, and you know, it doesn't have to be with anyone in particular, but like you can have these conversations as artists and creatives, yeah. but like what we're talking about today, just having that sense of connection with the, like why we're here and what it's all about, you know, that, that really serves everybody to, to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, and and how we and exactly right. Like when you when you strip down the different color of skin, the different geography of where we are, the shape, the size, the 
that the, whatever genitalia we were born in, you know, we, we are all, we are all having a, the same, dare I say, experience oh, yeah. here. And there are all these different ways of interpreting it and all these things, the nature versus nurture, but, you know, um, we are one, we are, we are one race. We are, we are the human race. And, and um, I wonder, I always, I will always, you know, until my last breath, speaking of breath, I will always believe that there, there can be a way. This is the way, right? For us to, to understand that with one another. I, I don't know why I would ever lose my faith or hope in that. I could, I could say it'll never happen, but that's a choice. So I'm going to choose to believe that it can and that it will, and that these conversations and shows like the Mandalorian and the star Wars universe and, you know, different art forms, songs, whatever it is, things like the child, you know, where I'm on the phone with the woman from, you know, the Philippines getting, getting, I'm buying baby Yoda stuff on Macy's.com and we're both connecting over the sweetness of the child, just little moments like that. They keep us connected. They keep. They make us feel not so, so apart and different. And I think that they're right now are, is so valuable. So I choose to believe it's possible. I, I honestly think you guys, you and then Danielle, like like really tied this perfectly. Like ending on, on ending on that, on that common ground of we're all one. Like there's there's no better place to tie things off. I think. <laughs> like yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Well, there might be one other place to tie oh! things. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Danielle? Oh, I don't God. know. Oh my so God! Sweet. I'm just wondering if this little guy has made an impact in my life. Oh, maybe I'm not sure. Do you reckon, Ray? <laughs> oh, gosh, you're a legend. A legend. Just, <laughs> it's a, it's a it started with the T-shirt, and then I was, and then you know, because everyone on my show, Dwayne Shining Armor, knew I was like a big Star Wars nerd, and and the girl that did, the gal that does my uh, hair and uh, my makeup. Her name is Brittany and she's a big video gamer and she was really excited to work with me because she played God of War. And so of course we start talking about Star Wars. So then she got me the, the sweat, the, the, uh, oh, the uh, baby Yoda a holiday sweatshirt, the first one that I had. And then I found the other one at, at Target, but this was the first one that I had gotten from Target. And I just, I keep going, I can't stop. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. In the immortal words of Miley Cyrus, you yeah. can't stop and you won't. <laughs> I can and I won't. Daniel, what do you have going on for the rest of your day? Well, thanks for asking. So it's about evening here. Um, I, a couple, so I finished White and Shining Armor. I was in Atlanta um, for two, about two and a half months wrapping that up. We finished season five and that's our series wrap which so I've been going through a little bit of a grieving process I'm I'm gonna miss everybody fortunately um a lot of the uh, the my show the showrunners the creators of our show and the um the cast were all here in LA so we all still remain close um but uh you know there are things happening in other areas of my life that are uh, I happening I ask you about God of War <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh yes. Well, we all know Ragnarok is coming because Sony Santa Monica yeah. sent a tweet about it yes. and it was officially announced. So yeah. I can officially say, you're right. Ragnarok is on its way. Um, I can say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, 
and yeah, you know, I've been writing and producing um, my short film, Little May has been doing well in festivals. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And there's a few other projects that I have, you know, feature films and, and TV series. Oh, I have a web series that I'm going to be launching in the new year, which oh. I'm very excited for you guys. Very excited okay. because right. it sort of takes the where we've gone as women, you know, we're obviously like super like oppressed, you know, with the patriarchy and then feminism came and like, pff, we went all the way over here, which was, we sort of like divorced ourselves from our femininity. We're like, we've got to be men in a men's world. It's like, no, but we're women actually. <laughs> and, and what about feminine strengths? And so I think the show sort of shows women like of, a, of like the gen, gen X era that were sort of caught in between the two worlds that are still like trying to find who they are, what their voice is, what their desires are outside of what society is telling them they should look like mm. to be accomplished women at this moment of their life. Yeah. That's tremendous. A great premise. Such a necessary one. Because yeah. there's a lot of women still, so many women still looking at cultural messaging, right? About, but they're often met with extremes. So yeah, uh, yeah that sounds so necessary. Can't wait to watch it. Incredible. It's a very dark comedy. So right. <laughs> that's cool. Um, I always ask this because you are you 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 are you're so connected. Just again, intuitively, none of us are looking at any notes. We're just riffing. Uh, you with your writing and Little May. I can't wait to see it. If we come to Australia with that, that would be great. In January, we talked about it. So oh, cool. Yes. Um, and I just I love that. There's that again the feminine voice. So I just want to see you write things. I want to see you write things. <laughs> It's just, that's what I want, you know, so. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's a beautiful time for women to sort of um, come out. You know, and, and it's not that we haven't been, we have like, you know, there has been this progression. I, I always get not nervous, but I always am a little weary to be like, you know, oh yeah, a female director. Well, no, there have been female directors and now more are coming yeah. out and more writers are coming out. And so we, we, we embrace and we sort of bow down to like the women before us who are paving the way and, you know, and, 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 and it, there is this um, burgeoning and this opening and, and obviously the very intellectual sort of spiritually evolved masculine that are like, like really wanting the presence of that feminine. And so I think we're really an ushering in that era right now. Um, and it's exciting. It's exciting to be a part of it. Exciting to be creating content in this time. And um, yeah, so I'm focused on that. Um, I'm focused on um, other things that are thriving. And then uh, I will, uh, and then, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Like, I mean, pilot <laughs> season's just around the corner. I mean, I know you and I want to get me on the Mandalorian. We also no, want to no, get me on what we the shadows. getting on the Mandalorian. I remember I am your, I'm your Oceania agent. Okay. I can you are it. my agent, my Oceania agent. I love it. <laughs> I got this reading. Me and Taka Watiti and John Favreau, yes. I just feel like we would so get along. Right. We've got to be making content because I'm, I'm their girl. We're very close to where Taika lives. Let's do a little geomantic ritual <laughs> with our New Zealand friends. She is going to get in that Taika film. Put it yeah. out there. Tell the universe. Yeah. That's what you want. You and Taika would get on like a house on fire. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I really feel it. I mean, I I've become obsessed with what we do in the shadows. Have you guys seen that series? Oh, we do in the shadows. Well, we saw the film, but we have to see the series. Oh, you guys are gonna binge right through it. It's hysterical. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, these these are some some really exciting narratives and storytelling out there. So yeah, I'm excited to get mine out there, and and I'll join any any ones that resonate with me. So. Yeah. Wonderful. How exciting. <laughs> well, I'm. And what about you guys? What's going on with you? All right. 
Oh, well, you know, we, we are in, uh, what, December. So this year feels like it has been 10 years long. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if 2021 will shift the tone, but something about being in December is, is imbuing us with a sense of optimism, right? We're and looking forward to turning the page and, and you know, uh, moving ahead. So we've got Christmas coming up. Uh, it's summer here in, in Australia. So yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, you know, just, yeah. uh, yeah, a lot of being and, and, and not a lot of doing, yeah. you know, we've, we've got to practice the art of doing nothing. And, and yeah. <laughs> that is something that he and I both, str both yeah, struggle with. Right. Uh, you know, braid, braiding your hair, unbraiding it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. You're not kind of wearing, uh, like Brene Brown talks about like exhaustion as like a status symbol and like a badge of honor, right? Like actually, yeah. resting and honoring honoring rest so we're looking forward to doing that <laughs> i love Brene brown i loved that how you know because we do especially in a, in our sort of like anglos like capital capitalistic driven which by the way healthy capitalism is fantastic but like when we're putting all the onus on you know when someone says how are you and you're telling them what you do as opposed to how you are i and i find myself guilty like how are you i'm like well i just finished this project and i'm doing this and it's like oh how am i like how am i i'm tired <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted and the only you guys, person responsible you guys are separated is at birth, I swear. <laughs> Ray's always like, Albert, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah. So time to rest. I'm so happy for you guys. Rest and soak it in and yeah. you know, be little Yoda. I mean, when yeah. he when 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 Grogu extends himself, he exhausts and what does he do? He takes a nap. He takes a nap. Right? All the life lessons are contained within, in, in, within this character. I'm telling right. you. Yeah. <laughs> Everything melts away to give way to the eyes. Yeah. It's time to chill, write the stories you wanted to write. Yeah. I'm doing some of that. I do a thing. It's called the quantum myth. I just kind of put out, I just do little parables and mythology. Do you, um, do, do you, well, obviously you're writing, uh, I know you've written scripts and stuff, but do you just sort of casually write here and there just to kind of get thoughts down? Like I keep a journal or something. Yeah, that's a good question. I used to do some sort of like a morning pages situation. My journaling now is more of a gratitude journal mm -hmm. to really just, uh, you know, like you had said earlier, Ray, is like, you know, you're constantly striving for the next thing. And the thing in between is actually where life happens. So like, if I'm not actually acknowledging what I have, you know, um, and really like that, that actually requires presence and to have presence, there's the breath and the pause and the breath. And that has been a game changer in my life. And by the way, I haven't mastered it. So I'm not like Master Yoda or Levitating Luke anytime soon, but I have really brought more awareness in my life to know that like, why am I edgy? Why am I exhausted? Why do I feel agitated? Oh, I'm actually not honoring the fact that I may need to slow down after like since the game hit, like since God of War, like since the BAFTAs, like I just feel like I've been like running and running and running and I'm, I'm joyful and I'm grateful. But so to answer your question, my gratitude journal and my celebrations journal really helps me to anchor those moments where I'm like, oh, and you know what right now? I'm so grateful for the little birdies outside my window oh, and it's something that simple. Yeah. Yes. That's simple. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that.
Okay, I'll just be it. I want you guys to start a podcast. <laughs> All right, I, I want you guys to do something. It's just because it, yeah, I was a, I was an audience member to this in many ways because it was oh. just wonderful. Yeah, we were all I know, I know, I know, but it's wonderful. So, uh, good vibes all around, as we like to say. And can I have the? I'll just do the big giant hug. Can I do? Yeah, that? Okay. socially distant. Oh, hugs. Socially distant yes, hug. from, from <laughs> Australia. Yes. <laughs> That's right. No, absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for making time and and speaking with us. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you for letting me be a part of today oh. as well. Yeah, and the giant oh, oh mama Danielle as well, because we know you're there. So, yeah, my but mama I- Diana is downstairs. Well, actually, interestingly enough, and I'll share this with you at some point. One of the projects I'm doing is based on a book she wrote, a memoir of her twelfth, uh, her uh, seventh grade year. Oh. Um, and uh, it, it's called. Are you writing a memoir? It's something like that, yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. And she self published it, and uh, it was called Looking for Davy Jones of, of the Monkeys. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically just her coming of age in seventh and eighth grade, like a discovery of self set in the late 60s, right? Where, which, by the way, were kind of history repeating itself, like civil rights movement, a war they didn't want to be in, like, you know, the clashing of like the sexes and, 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 and just this great revolution that was happening. And one side thinking it was like the worst thing ever, the other side saying it needs to happen. And so, yeah, so it's really interesting, but we've taken her book and we've, uh, we're presenting it as a potential TV series. Um, and it's called Wonderland is the name of the project. So yeah, we are pitching that right now and it's been quite nice. So I've been spending some time with her here before I go to Montana for Christmas, so. Oh, yeah. beautiful. And say hi to the wolves as well. She has wolves in Montana. <laughs> Did I ever send you the wolves? You didn't. And the nieces and, and, and nephews, I think you were mentioning, but you know, that's incredible. Yeah, that's so cool. you're living, that's you're, great. You are living. <laughs> so, in God of War, there's Fenrir, the, the the great wolf, and then Loki, like Atreus slash Loki is like his wolf, or like can he shape shift? And of course, in Game of Thrones, you had like ghosts and all these great like Stark, you know, their the dire wolves that they had. And my brother just happened to have this whole fleet of wolves, and uh, they live there in Montana. Um, and so yeah, I took video. I'm gonna send it to you. I'm so sorry I never sent That's you the wolf videos. But yeah, no, good vibes to you and to all. All flora and fauna in your immediate vicinity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. All right, guys. Giving you lots of hugs. Yeah, hug Thanks for too. spending yeah. this time with me. Yeah. Totally. Let's do Thank it again you. sometime. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, we'll finish Mandalorian and kind of see what happens in the future of another project that we can circle around. But um, I can just see why your beautiful souls were brought together. What a beautiful compliment. I mean, it's really inspiring as someone who would love to find a partnership that feels so akin, like you guys really have that together. What a lovely, what oh. a lovely expression. Oh, thank That's you. very kind, but let me say, Danielle, it's like you're, you've got this resonance to you. And this is the thing when I met Ray, it was literally, I just, I stopped looking and it was like, I just, I, I'm just gonna be my damn ass self right now. Mm-hmm. And you have such a strong, and Ray, I'm sure you'd back me up, is this, again, that 100%. we talked about people as, as universes, you are like, and that's why I sense the kinship between you is uh, emotionally connected, well-rounded, universal, open, loving, beautiful inner and outer. Like that is the sort of thing where it's like, you just have to sit, be that. And then the guy just, he's, he's just, <laughs> he'll just get pulled by the chest to you across whatever <laughs> continent. So there you go. I, you know, as, as within, so without, right. It's like the yeah. more you, 
just yeah like this idea of like not being attached but the more that you keep being your incredible you're an incredible woman like yeah. seriously oh, like just such a blessing uh you know and then there's such a wisdom and a beauty and a radiance to you so it's like whoever that man is who can meet you on that level he's there you just have to keep being yourself yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. i feel that i feel that yes i feel it's less this force and more this the yoda sitting that's right just just drawing and actually just like in the beingness as you said that's so what? that's that's the work just no taking care literally in the latest episode he just sits there and he opens himself to the universe and beams his energy into the universe <laughs> to call to him okay all right it's a giant hug again come on Yay. <laughs> okay, we didn't even talk about boba fett we didn't I even get how did how where did boba fett come from i thought he died in jedi inside the big sand creature look at that coming back and again the healing through the father the reconnection because he's a functional look he's got the mask off he's yeah. going to teach he's going to teach din about letting go of that that narrative but still in, 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 we have to talk again. <laughs> yeah. again no we do we absolutely do and I, and I just love that and it's like so it's so great what i love what, what favreau's doing with you know the jawa and the sand people we're sort of understanding more about these different cultures that like of this universe of people living together and we're going back uh we we know that she's from she was from alderaan and we're going back to tatooine and oh it's yeah. he's just really he's he's just take he's he's doing exactly what we've all wanted uh, that we didn't even know we want i mean we knew we wanted it and he's just really he's he's exploring it so beautifully but yeah but, but the boba fett armor being found and, and recognizing it and then all of a sudden meeting boba fett it's just been incredible so i'm gonna go spam john favreau to call you now okay <laughs> okay you do it john doing it. Like okay guys big love, Lots of love. Take it thank easy. you Ciao. Have, a Bye. Guys. have a great day Bye. 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 Mm-hmm.